0: Welcome to Fear and Greed, the week ahead. I'm Sean Elmer, and as always, I'm joined by economist Stephen Kukoulos. You'll find him at thekook.com and on Twitter using the handle Cook, T-H-E-K-O-U-K. Stephen, good morning. A very good morning to you, Sean. Now, have you been travelling? You've, you've been travelling a lot the last couple of weeks, so I know you have been travelling. Where have you been travelling to, though?
1: Yeah, I've been on the road. I've been down to Melbourne and in Sydney talking to a range of really interesting clients, both big, little and in between, on... You know, on the economy, everybody's really interested in the inflation outlook. Clearly, interest rate hikes still coming through. So that's part of their concern. But the thing that's really hit me, and we'll find out a bit of information on this this week, is skill shortages, labour shortages. Firms are struggling, genuinely struggling to find talent, to find workers mm. and retain them. And uh, even though the official wages data haven't yet show a pick up in wages growth. I think it's just a matter of time because every business is complaining about it.
0: Okay, so let's we'll get into that in a moment. I've, I've bolted too early here, I think. Just quickly there, last week, a couple of really interesting numbers around National Australia Bank's business confidence, Westpac's consumer sentiment, they're diverging.
1: It was a massive divergence. Consumers, we consumers are feeling really glum. The consumer sentiment numbers that came out uh, at levels consistent with the the low point in the COVID lockdowns of 18 months or two years ago, and they're consistent with the GFC back, uh, what was that, 2008, 2009. So they're sort of at near recessionary levels. And I think it's the the cost of living issues, you know, petrol prices, you know, they've come off a bit, impacting interest rate hikes quite obviously. But businesses, they're actually feeling pretty good that the business conditions are strong.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, I mean, I really do want to talk about jobs and wages and things because this is a big week for that whole sector, that whole area of the economy.
1: Huge. We may as well start with the wages side, because unfortunately in Australia, we only get quarterly wages numbers, and uh, this is the week that we get the quarterly wage price index.
0: Now, hold on, hold on. I've got to back off here a little bit, Stephen. Dismal scientist that you are. I reckon the last couple of weeks you've been complaining about getting quarterly inflation data only. Then last week the ABS said, "Mm, we're going to start doing it monthly. You have skipped Straight across to wage data now. You, you, you're insatiable.
1: I want high frequency data because you know so people complain about the core logic having daily house prices. I love it because it okay, one daily movement in the price of a house in Adelaide is hardly going to change the trend. However, we get minute by minute prices on stocks, don't we? And that's always interesting whether they go up a cent or down a cent. So I want monthly wages data like they have in the US when they have their non farm payrolls. So When too much information is never enough.
0: Okay. So what's going to happen with the the data this week?
1: Yeah. Moving to that. We do have the wage price index for the June quarter, expected to show an increase of about 09 possibly 1%, quarter on quarter increase, which will take the annual increase just to below 3%. Now, there's going to be another divergence there between private sector wages and public sector wages. We know public servants are still you know, up to the June quarter, having very low wage increases, there's still the lingering effects of the wage freezes or very low wage outcomes that were imposed during the COVID lockdown. So that's probably going to be the weaker side of the of the two. Private sector wages, where, of course, there's more, what do we call it, flexibility in wages, are probably going to be showing an increase above 3% in annual terms and really picking up. We also get the average weekly earnings numbers. Now, they're sort of a bit of a I don't know, they're a bit obsolete to many people's minds, but to me they're interesting because it's actually the dollars and cents that people get paid. Unlike the other indicator, the wage price index, the average weekly earnings includes the money you get if you get a promotion or if you're working longer hours, for example, if you're working overtime and and the like. So uh, they tend to be more of a cash-in-your-pay-packet type measure of wages than the other one.
0: Yeah, okay. So, I mean, will it show wage pressures yet?
1: Look, it, it, it probably will. Now, we've got to remember with annual data, of course, it includes uh, data from a year ago, by definition, yeah. you know, from, from four quarters ago. And we've got to remember that in the September quarter last year, gosh, it sort of time flies, doesn't it? September quarter last year, a lot of the east coast of Australia was in lockdown. You know, Queensland, New South Wales, ACT and Victoria were pretty much locked down as Omicron came along. Remember that in July, August, September yeah. last year? Yeah. Gosh, that really had a negative impact on wages in that quarter. But what we should be doing, what I'll be doing, and I think most people will be looking at in these numbers, is what's happened in the last couple of quarters, so the March and June quarters, and if they're showing increases you know of this point seven point eight point nine you annualize those, and all of a sudden you're getting a number you know three and a quarter percent in annual terms, and okay, that's not super strong, but it's showing a fair degree of momentum higher.
0: Yeah right and anecdotally as you're saying people can't find skills they're going to start pushing wages up.
1: Anecdotally it's clear and in fact one of the things from the NAB survey last week which which didn't get as much attention as I thought it might. You know NAB did ask businesses in their survey what their expected wages bill is. You know it's part of the part of the survey. And it rocketed to 9%. Now that's not to wow. say that wages are going to increase by 9%, but firms are saying that to attract talent to their businesses and to retain their staff, they're really pumping up their wages bill. So that's probably going to show up in the next couple of quarters. (laughs) Again, my insatiable demand for data, I've got to wait another quarter or two before I see those numbers come through. But look, I think it's pretty clear, Sean, that wages growth is genuinely and definitely picking up.
0: And we get labour force figures this week, of course. The
1: other thing, yes, we've got labour force numbers. We had a blockbuster month last month, the 88,000 increase in employment. So you probably don't get two of them in a row. you probably get something of a statistical pullback. But that shouldn't influence the unemployment rate, which it could dip to a fresh 48-year low. We're currently at 3.5% for the unemployment rate. We could see that fall to 3.4%. And again, just another indicator that the labour market's as tight as a drum, that it's hard to get workers. And all of this, of course, is going to be feeding into the government's jobs summit in early September. Maybe we can preview that in a couple of weeks' time. But you know, there's a real genuine issue on the economy right now. It's the availability of workers for businesses to expand. There's just so few workers around.
0: Incredible, isn't it? Stephen, have a good week. Thank you, Sean. You too. That was economist Stephen Kukoulas, better known as The Kook. You can find him at thekook.com and follow him on Twitter using the handle The Kook. I'm Sean Aylmer and this is Fear and Greed, The Week Ahead.